No fluff. Don't worry about your dick. That's going to come later. No lies. I just masturbated. Just real women. Cock rings. Cock rings. Talking real sex. I am so bruised on my girl bits. Sex gets real. Sex gets so real. So real up in here. With Dawn. What's the most sensitive part of your cock? And Dylan. Let's talk about the elusive clip. Now get ready to get real. Eating pussy. There you have it. You should have saved that for on air. I know I had to do it. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to do it. Sometimes you just have to do it. (laughs) Doing it and doing it and doing doing it well. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everyone. This is Dawn. And this is Dylan. And you are listening to Sex Gets Real. Yeah. We had a record-breaking November. I heard. Yeah, which I'm so excited about. And November actually isn't even over because we're recording this a week ahead of time. So it's going to go even more. But thank you to our amazing listeners. We had 26,000 downloads in November. Oh, my God. Well, actually a little over. And by the time the next three days unfold, we'll have even more. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Well, so isn't that amazing? Because Mm -hmm. we were just celebrating hitting 100,000. Yeah. Like two months ago. Right? Mm -hmm. We're almost 150. That, wow. Yeah. I know. It's That's been, impressive. yeah, amazing. So people must be either like talking about us because they Share love us it. or talking about us because they hate us. But either way, people are listening. <laughs> I think it's because they love us. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are pretty fabulous mm-hmm. and you do fuck your chair a lot. I know. Yeah. It is. It's good stuff. Chair is so worn out. Yeah. Your chair is good and fucked. Mm, 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 mm. There we go. Yeah. So we're going to start today's episode off on a little bit of a serious note, Uh which I know we've done because of the Paris attacks and things like that in the past. But, you know, one of the things that we really want to do with the show is we want to make sure that we keep it real. And part of keeping it real, so real, real, part of keeping it real means talking about whatever's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And some of you will have seen this already because we did post it on our, a couple of our social media channels, but... Uh, Stoya, who is a pretty well-known porn star and porn producer, came out on November 28th on Twitter with two tweets that I'm going to read and then we're going to talk about it. So the first tweet was that thing where you log into the internet for a second and see people idolizing the guy who raped you as a feminist. That thing sucks. Whoa. So that was the first tweet. Okay. And then she followed that tweet up with James Dean held me down and fucked me while I said, no, stop, used my safe word. I just can't nod and smile when people bring him up anymore. Mm-hmm. So Serious. that has started a big firestorm of both support and criticism, as happens whenever as someone mm-hmm. yep, comes out about sexual assault or rape. And Joanna Angel, who is another porn star, has come out in support of Stoya and said something. She didn't specifically name James Dean, but with the hashtag Solidaria with Stoya, Joanna Angel said... He's dead on the inside and dead to me. He's literally the worst person I've ever met. And that's all I'll say. Wow. For now. And they dated for a while. And so did Stoya and James Dean. 
So um, other porn producers and performers are coming forward and saying, I'm sad to say I know they're not alone. Uh, Some journalists with Mm. ties to the adult industry have said that other people have come forward but asked not to be named. Mm -hmm. So this has created quite the conversation because Mm. James Dean uh, has built his entire brand around being a feminist mm-hmm. male porn star. Yeah. He writes columns on consent and Damn. some of the publications that publish his um, column have come forward already and said they'll no longer be publishing Man. James Dean information and and articles are being written about how can you support somebody when they come out and say, I've been raped. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, there's tons of people throwing their support behind Stoya, uh, ourselves included, and lots of people saying things like, you can't rape a sex worker, Um, it's her word against his, so I'm not going to believe her until I hear what he has to say, which, of course, is ridiculous, because if it's he said, she said, then that's, you know, bullshit. So it just really got me thinking about a lot of different things because there have been some really interesting conversations coming up as a result of this. And so the first thing that I want to say is somebody earlier today posted something about the psychology of victim blaming. And I thought that it was really interesting because one of the things that we like to do as humans is we like to create a world where we feel like we have at least some safety and some understanding of how the world works. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we put ourselves in situations that feel as safe as possible. We like to believe that we have good judge of character, that we admire people who are stand-up citizens. And when we're confronted with something that makes us realize the world isn't the way that we thought it was, we're, we're stuck with this choice of, do I either admit to myself that the world isn't as safe as I thought it was and that I maybe misjudged someone, or do I just try and find some way to excuse this exception so that I can stay in my safe world? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of people, because they're not willing to confront that discomfort, mm-hmm tend towards, well, there's got to be a reason this happened. Right. There's got there's to be something. A lot of times you see people, well, there's false accusations all the time. Mm-hmm. you know, And that's one way to try and explain away this sudden discomfort that you have, that maybe somebody you idolized isn't who you thought. And changing is so scary that a lot of times people will just, nope, she's lying. She mm-hmm. can't be, you know, and that's where a lot of victim blaming comes from. So, you know, I think it's important for us to just recognize that sometimes when we hear news like this, it can make us feel really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why people had so much disbelief around Bill Cosby Mm -hmm. is if you were raised your whole life Mm -hmm. seeing the Cosbys as something to aspire to, you know, as a family. family, Hilarious. Exactly. Fucking jello pudding pops and all that shit. (laughs) Right. You know, you're like, no, he can't possibly be a rapist. Exactly. Because then it starts making you question how Mm -hmm. many other things in my life maybe Mm -hmm. aren't true and that's really threatening to a lot of people Mm -hmm. and so then you know you start to question all these other things or you don't want to question all these other things and Mm -hmm. so you just find a way to excuse the behavior that's not true right there's got to be a reason it Mm -hmm. didn't happen the way they said you know that kind of stuff so the first thing i just want to put out there is it's our responsibility that when this kind of stuff comes up and we start feeling uncomfortable to actually sit in our own discomfort and to think, 
Like, what's the thing that's most helpful or healing? Mm -hmm. And right now it's lending support to Stoya. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that's really challenging is we have this tendency to tell this story culturally that rapists are monsters. Rapists are these lone wolves. Rapists are, you know, guys who can't get girls. Rapists are narcissists, all this kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and the, and that story makes us feel safe because then we don't have to really confront the the truth, which is if 25 to 33% of people are sexually assaulted or raped, then some of our neighbors, some of our siblings, some of our family members, some of our friends have probably mm-hmm. committed sexual assault or rape at some point. Yeah. And it's easier to just really make rapists into a monster and someone that doesn't have space in my life. Mm-hmm. And what we need to do instead is when stuff like this comes up, we need to ask tough questions and hold people accountable. And then if, if someone, and that's the big if, but like, let's say if James Dean actually is able to say, wow, this is something that I really need to like dig into. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be really transparent about the work mm-hmm. that I'm doing. We need to allow those people the space to come to turns to go on a journey and to heal. Mm-hmm. You know, and too often it's kind of like rapist for life, mm-hmm. you know, so people aren't willing right. to actually admit when they've made a mistake because they don't want to be labeled a rapist for life and right. have their whole lives ruined, you know, so it's a really, really complex topic. And, you know, I just, I want our listeners to come at this conversation with more nuance than you tend to see in the media mm-hmm. or in social mm-hmm. media, um, which is that it's very black or white. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first thing you do is you support the victim mm-hmm. and you offer them whatever they need to do healing. And that includes don't ask them a whole bunch of bullshit questions that make right. them have to justify what happened. Um, and then the other thing is to just sit in your own discomfort and to ask really tough questions and how can we have better conversations. Mm-hmm. There was this amazing article that Kitty Stryker wrote I'll post a link to it on our page at sexgetsreal.com called When Feminism is a Brand. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about how so many men specifically, but people in general, have started using feminism as a way to brand themselves and grow their following. And Mm -hmm. James Dean is one of these people where he's built his entire empire on being porn for women. Consent positive, Mm -hmm. being a feminist, being like this safe face for porn. And because his entire empire rests on that, he's going to do anything he can to protect that image. And so one of the things that this article goes into, and Kitty Stryker writes some really amazing stuff. And yeah, I just, I want everybody to read this article. But one of the things that she says really hit close to home for me, which is, Thinking about my own dating history, some of my most fucked up relationships were with men who talked the talk. Mm. The ex who threw me down a flight of stairs and terrorized me by throwing plates was heavily invested in feminist activism, spending most of his time volunteering for feminist spaces. The ex who used his sexual capital to keep his often less privileged lovers feeling insecure and unstable, who then gaslit and neglected them when confronted... He said all the right things about institutionalized racism and sexism. I stayed in those relationships because I believed they were invested in fighting oppression. So Mm. often, and, and this has started some really interesting conversations in some of the groups that I'm in, that in my case, 
you know, and, and most of our listeners know that I have a history of sexual assault and rape. The last time that I was raped, it was by somebody who is a leader in the kink community in one of the major cities in the United States of America. Mm. And he talks about consent all the time. He teaches consent classes. He monitors the community for other men who don't adhere to consent rules. So he knows how to talk the talk and walk the walk. Mm -hmm. And it makes him seem very safe. And... Then, unfortunately, used that to horribly abuse my trust yeah. and to commit something that I'll, I will carry with me for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. But because of the power that he has, there was no way I was willing to put myself on the line and come out and say right. this happened because an entire community would have turned on me. Right. You know, and Stoya has so much courage for, for saying this in public for someone who is so popular mm-hmm. and loved because she is going to be vilified and already mm-hmm. has been. Have have there been other people who have come out since she's come out too? So every, th- the other people who have come out. So Joanna Angel kind of alluded sort to of. something, mm-hmm. but didn't make any public statements. Um, everybody else that has made mentions has basically said, I've heard of this before. Stoya is not the first one, but it's mm. not pl- my place to name names or to out other victims. Mm. So what I think is going to happen is we're going to start seeing more people come forward if there are others, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying that there are, but what I'm saying is there have been people like Courtney Trouble on Twitter saying, sadly, this isn't the first time I've heard this. Mm. Um, so it sounds like. And I've seen other sex workers on um, in my Facebook groups say similar things. Mm. So you know, I I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what James Deem's team is going to De- James Deem's team. Wow, that's too many ends and M's. James Deem's, Deem's team, team. Mm-hmm. right? Are gonna uh-huh. are gonna offer up or say as a yeah. response. But um, you know, we just really want to make it clear that be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, and it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of upheaval. Mm -hmm. My concern, first and foremost, is always to lend as much support as possible to victims Mm -hmm. of sexual trauma, and so, you know, I'm throwing 100% of my support behind Stoya, Mm -hmm. and, you know, James Dean porn is not going to be something that I align myself with moving Mm, forward. mm -hmm. You know, there's Mm -hmm. lots of other people doing lots of amazing work and ethical porn and I can give my money and my time to those people and Mm -hmm. get off just as easily. Yeah. But you know, Stoya, Stoya needs our support Mm. and not our, our doubt and our questioning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was a big, a big conversation on the social media. Most definitely. And I think we're going to see a lot more, mm-hmm. you know, by the and time that, this airs. There and you're be right. More. I had um, Googled her picture and I'm like, okay, yes, I know who yeah. she is now. Yeah. 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 I met her at the, the porn world. at the Queer Porn Film Festival back mm-hmm. in May. Was that up and, in New York? Yeah, it was in Brooklyn. Okay. And first of all, in person, like, her beauty like, almost sent me backwards down the stairs. Like she whoa. walked out the door and I was literally like, I've forgotten how to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she's stunning. But uh-huh. she, one of the films that we saw that day was a Stoya production okay. and she directed it she's and created so it. And mm-hmm. she was also in it with Jisley. Okay. And it was really gorgeous. Awesome. I mean, it was really artistic and I have 
cool. food in my bra. Anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I was like, what's going on? What's going over on? There? Why is Dawn's hand in her dress? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? I'm yeah. like, okay. Finding well. snacks in my bra. <laughs> Yeah. So we will have links to these articles. Um, Also, we recently got some questions on social media that I just want to make sure everybody knows. So for those of you that are new or those of you that just haven't had a chance yet, we have a website. It's called sexgetsreal.com. Every single one of our episodes has its own blog post on the website. And the blog posts are structured where we have like a little summary at the top all of our contact information, all of the links to where you can actually listen to the podcast. And then at the bottom of the page, we actually do really detailed show notes. So almost down to the second, we outline everything that we've talked about in the show. And that's where you can always find links. So if you ever hear us, we've had some questions Mm -hmm. recently like, hey, where can I find that Instagram picture? Those links are always on the blog post for every episode, so it's really easy to find. In this case today, I'll have a link to the Kitty Striker article on medium.com and a couple of other resources. So if you go to episode, it's going to be episode 88, I think, Mm -hmm. then you can find all the links and we try to keep it nice and easy for you. Yay. Okay. I want you to try something. Okay. Okay. I'm down. Yeah. We got this. We got a free sample because they wanted us to try them. So these are called bondage bands. Okay. They're non-latex, hypoallergenic, and washable, like big rubber bands, basically. Okay. I have my opinion. I would like you to try and put those around. So it says you can either like put them around your wrists or your ankles. So I would like you to first try them around your wrists. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my! Oh my god! Can you stay like that for like twenty minutes while you get fucked? Um. Okay. If I just put, I put them on nicely, uh-huh. so they're not all bunched up. How are you feeling? I'm like, okay. Well, let me. Um. Here, I'm gonna set up my timer. Okay. And we're gonna sit here and talk about it. Yeah. Talk about other stuff and see if. If they I'm, turn blue. <laughs> I'm cool, yeah. If, if my well, fingers don't go numb in 20 minutes. What I really want to know is if you can get these around your ankle. Cause that's going to be a feat. That's... Because they're the same size, right? Oh, yeah. They're, that's going to be a feat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that yeah. was hilarious. That was amazing. Okay, so, um, so, yeah, you just sit there for a few minutes. and then I'm we'll... going to try it, but oh, my God. Like, Yeah. No. Okay, so that was my first thought. Like, I was excited to get the sample, so I want to thank Bondage Bands for sending these to us, because we're happy to at least say that we've tried them, and yay for non-latex washable products. But as soon as I pulled it out, it's basically a big rubber band. That's really what it is. Do they come in adjustable sizes? Uh, It doesn't have any sizes listed, and it's just this one. It comes with two. And yeah, so it's basically these big rubber bands that you can... That they say you can use for bondage around your wrists bondage and bands. your ankles. They, um, but I could barely get them around both hands. Yeah. They wouldn't be, like, already my right hand is starting to feel a little silly. Yeah. And it's been um, not even a full two minutes. Yeah. So. And my thought was, if I can barely get these on my hands, there's no fucking way I'm doing my ankles. Well, I'm wondering if... 
Okay, so it was a little diff- – I put them on myself. Yeah. So it was a, a bit difficult, but I wonder if it would be as difficult if someone put them on me. Do you want me to put them on you? You can try to put them on me to see if it was any easier than me trying to just put it on myself because me putting it on myself was a bit awkward. It also says you can put them around your tits. Um, and it does not come in different sizes. I'm looking I at the website. I want to see it. <laughs> well, here's a drawing. <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> that is hilarious! Yeah, um, where I can see that, but man, I can even see that being a little bit difficult to squeeze your your whole. There's no way your titty's gonna no go in that. No in. fucking way. Yeah, like it would there's, take six hands. No, nope, that boob's not going in. Maybe this boob, it's smaller. No way. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought. Like. I mean, in theory, it's kind of a cool idea to not have to, like, pull out the rope. And, of course, handcuffs are actually fairly dangerous. But, you know, the thing that I didn't like about these is unless you're super, super tiny, this just isn't going to go around feet or ankles. You know, I mean, there's just no way. And, I mean, I know that I'm fat, but... (laughs) Okay, even even for me, okay, and I'm, I'm like... Yeah. I'm not la petite, but uh-huh. this is... It's tight. I mean, it was very difficult. The, if you look at it, it basically looks like those, you know, run-of-the-mill type of bracelets that yep. people put their little logos on. Exactly. But but much stronger. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, like, um, I don't know if it stretches out over time. But I'm going to tell you right now. Okay, because as far as holding, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. it has good holding abilities. Yep. Um, maybe like too good because like you said, you, there's no way to adjust it. So yeah, if you were even somewhat girthy, yeah, you, this is going, going to be uncomfortable a lot. Yeah. Like that was, that was like yeah. such a struggle. Yeah. Oh and like it, see, it pulls on my Already. skin. Ow. Yeah. I'm, Cause I'm, I'm fleshy. Yeah. And I mean like my, I mean, Alex's hands are about as big as mine as far as size goes. So if you had big like football player hands, yeah, there's, there's no just way. no way. And I, I now, mean, and this might be a little bit loose if. Let me try to put it on you. It might be a little. I'm even trying to put it on you is difficult. Yeah. And it's like, uh, oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, take that off. And then, and then I'm going to take a Yeah. Tr- just put it over one out. foot. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm going to put okay. this on my feet. Yeah. Dylan's going to try and put it on our feet. Ow. <laughs> no. no, that's not even fun. <laughs> We have a, a puppy in the studio today, and she is not amused by this. Ow. These antics. Okay. Is it on? It's on my feet. Both of them? On both of them. And oh, yeah. I have socks on. Yeah. But that was very difficult to get on. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it would, like, work better if you were, like, putting lube on. If you were coated in lube. I don't even know. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, (laughs) so that's the thing. Like, I feel like if you have super tiny hands and wrists, this might be a little too loose. Uh Uh, And if you are anywhere near. (laughs) And I mean, you would have to be super, super petite petite. for these to fit on. Yeah. And 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 they're already uncomfortable on my feet. 
it's a cool idea that it's so mm-hmm. travelable and washable, yeah. you know, because rope's not washable. And ooh, and... it's like um, ready-made bondage, you right? Know I mean? Exactly. You could, like, wear it out on one hand. Yeah, you could wear it like a bracelet. Although it does mm-hmm. say bondage bands all over it, so you'd have to yeah. turn it inside out if Flip you wanted to be discreet. Out. But um, yeah, is this? I just what is this made out of like used tires. It says. I mean, they basically. Well, it look says like... it's for beginners, which I don't know that I agree with. I know. Um, and it's washable. Ow. I'm going to have to take it, it off my feet because it, hurt, it hurts, like, yeah. just being on my feet, and I have socks on. Yeah. Yeah, so I have to say, I think that these are, uh, the idea behind them I think is cool. You know, they're travelable and packable and, and latex-free, so they're hypoallergenic, but I think that for anybody who mm-hmm. has limited mobility, who has thin skin, who has larger, who's larger, um, in any way, Mm -hmm. like this, these just aren't going to work. Yeah, no. You know, I mean, I could put one band on each wrist and then have someone tie those together, but if I'm going to go that far, just tie me up. Yeah. You know, and, and use some rope or a scarf or something. Yeah, because that's not even the intent of the package. The packages are supposed to wrap around both. Right. One one will wrap around both. Yeah. So, and it's not very mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, so. thanks for the idea, guys, but maybe mm-hmm. they can be just a little bit tall, longer. Yeah, well, I think you probably need different sizes, mm-hmm. and I think you need different widths, because mm-hmm. I think the width is going to be problematic for certain types of bodies. Mm. Um, so I think maybe, like, as a starter like this product. Width of this band, you mean? Yeah, like I mean, I think one? for some mm. people, it would be too thick or too thin. You know, mm-hmm. just kind of depending on your body and, and how yeah. it would cut into you. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, I think that it's a good start, but I think that, yeah, I think that this would be amazing for a very certain type of body. So yeah, I mean, if anybody is curious, they're called Bondage Bands. It's bondagebands.com. You can go see the kind of what we're talking about, what they look mm-hmm. like. But yeah. Yeah. Um, for a field test, I, I tried them out earlier myself and then brought them into the studio, you know, for you to try because I wasn't, yeah. I didn't like them. Not game um, with that. I would mm-hmm. rather use a, a scarf or a rope, Yes. You know. Yes. So, yeah, but, you know, yay for people trying to get creative yeah, with bondage gear. For sure. Yeah, bondage bands. Yay for being kinky, inventive, yes. but not great execution. Okay, so you know how we were talking about self-sucking recently? Yes. Okay, well, we got... Love it. We got, a, <laughs> we got a story from somebody about it, and we got a comment about it. Um, so I will read... Did we hear back from our person who wrote us about it? No, not yet. But we got an email from someone named Lauren. Okay. And she says, Dawn and Dylan, enjoyed your last show. If a guy can suck his own dick, I say go for it. If a guy showed me he could do it, it would freak me out at first, but my boyfriend loves blowjobs so much, I think that if he could suck his own dick, he'd never leave our apartment. Yeah. Love, Lauren. (laughs) Thanks, Lauren. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I know. And I agree. Like, the first time somebody presents any kind of idea Mm -hmm. like that, I think your initial reaction is like, whoa. 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 But then you think about it and you're like, well, hey, yeah. Do you want to suck yourself off tonight? I'm tired. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Maybe it'll catch on like, I know, right? Maybe it'll catch on like, you know how, you know, some girls can suck their own tits. Mm -hmm. And guys like to see that. Yeah, I can suck on my nipples. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, no, mine can't reach. 
but um, how would that go? I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, may, I just acted it out twice. Yeah, so I'm like, I get in, mm-hmm. I can't reach it. So then, um, if guys can do it, then why not go mm-hmm. for it? Because mm-hmm. hey, I'll. I'll watch that shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of watching that shit, mm-hmm. our listener, Brian, wrote in and mm-hmm. said, hey, I was just listening to your episode. Hey. It reminded me of this story when I was horny and in a hotel room. Mm. I got a bunch of towels. Yay for hotels. Okay. I put them under my shoulders, propped my ass up against the headboard, positioned my cock hanging over my face, and started to jack off. I wanted to come on my face. Whoa. It started out pretty hot, but then my butt got sore, my back got tired, and I had to take a break because I was all red-faced, upside down, oh my God, that's and hilarious. sweaty, and then finally I was getting closer to finishing, oh but that's when the worrying started. What if I get it in my eye? Oh, the jacking geez. off turned into this cycle of, oh my God, this is so hot. You know you really don't have control of your spray. It's fine. Just open your mouth. Oh my okay, God. Okay. More hot things. Your eye is going to be so red and agitated. Oh my God. You're at work at a conference. Oh Jesus Christ, God. hurry up. Just come already. Oh, my God. Your ass is getting dry from hanging open. Oh, my God. Rinse and repeat. It was a very fraught orgasm, and upside-down, sore-backed afterglow is not my favorite afterglow. Oh, bummer. And he said, it was so unsexy afterwards. Oh I was so God. happy to have a towel. And then he says... Like, if I was in the middle of sex and someone came on my face, I'd probably think it was hot as hell, but I was just wet and tired and relieved that it didn't get in my eye. Oh, bummer. <laughs> I mean, okay, next time try it and just wear eye pro and just fucking go for it. Yeah, I know, right? Goggles. You know? Goggles. Why, why'd you bring goggles to the conference? Oh, I might go swimming. <laughs> but i just love like i can oh so see that circular thinking mm-hmm. of like oh my god this is kind of hot oh my god i'm starting to get kind of sore oh my god what if it gets in my eye don't yeah. worry about that this is actually just kind of hot it. finish it yeah. yeah oh my god my ass is dry from hanging oh open oh my god i love that so much so thank Random. you for sharing your super realistic totally super amazing That's story hilarious. brian yeah because thinking about that makes me really happy oh my god <laughs> isn't that amazing it's so funny. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Okay. We got a question from a listener that did not offer a name. Okay. And it's it's kind of an involved question. All right. But it's short. Okay. So let's see where we end up. Hi, Don and Dylan. Love the show. I have a few questions. Is it cheating if I fantasize about fucking other people while I'm fucking my partner? It feels especially wrong since I'm queer and my fantasies are often super straight. Should I tell my partner? Does this mean I'm really straight? What do you think? Thanks. Mm. I don't think it's cheating because uh-huh. you in your fantasy world uh-huh. can do whatever you want. Yeah. Because that's what I say. I'm yeah. like, fantasies are fantasies. And I don't think um, there's anything wrong with how you fantasize, whether it's with straight, queer, whatever, mm-hmm. because I think, I think my wife does that. Yeah. And that's fine. Uh-huh. And I might even do it myself. So I don't care, you know, being same sex oriented, gay, lesbian, whatever you want to call me. Yeah. Um, I don't think. Can we call you hot? You can. <laughs> <laughs> and call me often. Okay. <laughs> and they, you know, you can think about whatever you want and I don't think it's really, cause I just, think it's like free realm yep. in fantasy world uh-huh. 
and I don't really think that makes you straight. And this is this is kind of good. This will segue into the other thing I wanted to bring up, or the one thing I wanted to bring up about mm-hmm. this Huffington Post article. Oh. <laughs> because go for it, you know. Yeah. Whatever gets you off, you're with mm-hmm. that person that you're with because yeah. you're choosing to be with that person. That's who mm-hmm. you love and that's who you're having sex with. Whatever you think about in your head and whatever. Because mm-hmm. I don't... And we've talked about this before in the past. The wife won't tell me what she fantasized about. Yeah. And I don't push the point. Yeah. I'm like, hey, whatever. You know, We're having amazing sex. You're having amazing sex and whatever it is you're thinking about in there, I don't even care if you're not thinking about me. <laughs> yep. It's all good because <laughs> you're still having sex with me. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's how I look at it. And I'm mm-hmm. just like cool with it. Yeah. So. I, I totally agree with all of that. I mean... Is it cheating if I fantasize about fucking other people? No. I don't mm-hmm. think so. I think that you're, it's exactly what you said. Your fantasy landscape is a private mm-hmm. place for you to get to explore all sorts of different things. And I have the lived experience of, like, for example, one of the fantasies that I use when I just, like, really want to come is that I'm in the center of a whole bunch of people who are watching me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I like the fantasy of mm-hmm. being watched and arousing other people. Right. And it's really hot to me to think other people are getting off watching me. Mm-hmm. But then, in real life, that wasn't anywhere near as hot as I thought it would be. Oh, right, because you experienced that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just kind of like, oh, look, someone's watching. Now, in a totally different context... Maybe it would be that hot. Mm -hmm. But in that situation, it was so not at all like my fantasy. So, you know, our lived experiences are a whole different ballgame than our fantasy experiences. Uh And I think that our fantasies can actually be a really healthy way for us to be able to just get curious and try Mm -hmm. new things without having to actually explain ourselves or, you know, so there's people who fantasize about being an animal or people who fantasize about, you know sleeping with 10,000 people in, like, the world's biggest gangbang, but in real life, that's not something they're ever interested in actually doing. So, mm-hmm. you know, the things that we fantasize about are not the things that we necessarily want to do. And right. that's totally cool. You know, and that's why a lot of people like your wife don't want to share their fantasies. It's right. just this private place where they get to really kind of go interesting places. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that having that for yourself is really healthy. Right. I also don't think that you need to tell your partner unless you feel like you want to. If you and your partner are having discussions around fantasies and you feel like it's safe to disclose that, if it would Mm -hmm. bring you closer together, then I feel like you can share it. I also think that it's fine if you want to say, you know, here's some of the stuff that I fantasize about, but there's other stuff that, at least for right now, I just really want to keep mine. And that should be something that your partner absolutely respects. Mm -hmm. As for being straight, no. The things that happen in our fantasies aren't usually the things that we actually want to Oh, because live she's out. a same sex. She's yeah. a lesbian and she Well, it fantasizes. says I'm queer and my fantasies are often super straight. Okay. So, mm-hmm. my assumption yeah, yeah. is that they're in in a like a queer relationship or a same sex mm-hmm. relationship or something like that, but you know, fantasizing about same sex people or fantasizing about all kinds mm-hmm. of different stuff doesn't necessarily mean that's who you are in the way that you actually want to live your life. Right. You know, so you get to define yourself what your sexual orientation mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. and decide. And, you know, if you really identify with a queer identity and you like being in a relationship mm-hmm. with someone who's, you know, a similar gender or same gender as you, mm-hmm. then that's the sexual orientation that you're choosing. Right. And if in your fantasies you want to be Scarlett O'Hara getting slapped around by Clark Abel, what else? You know, like go yeah. for it and have fun in that space that's for you. 
Mm-hmm. The only thing that I'll say about fantasizing while you're fucking your partner mm-hmm. is sometimes we tr- we really need that fantasy element in order to actually get off. You know, everybody's yes. a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if I'm feeling really, like, sometimes if I'm having sex and I can kind of feel I'm, like, hovering around an orgasm and it's kind of there, but it's kind of staying out of my grasp. Yeah. I know that if I flip on one of my fantasies, mm-hmm. then I'm just going to be like, boom, mm-hmm. you know, explodey town. Yeah. Explodey town. town. But uh-huh. at the same time... I'll just offer, sometimes people are so scared of being open about their sexual experiences and needs with their partner that they fully check out during sex. Mm. So I think you just need to kind of have a conversation with your partner or just be mindful of that. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're fantasizing while you're fucking your partner, but you're still staying connected to your partner, Mm -hmm. then that's fine. But I think that if you're fucking your partner and you are completely checked out, you're just kind of using them as a toy, (laughs) you know? Like using them as a receptacle Mm -hmm. and you're not actually connecting with them. That can feel really lonely and othering Mm -hmm. for your partner. Yeah. So just be aware of that. You know, it's not to say don't fantasize. And sometimes it is okay to just completely check out because you're so in pleasure land. But I think that if you're, if that's the only way you can get there. Right. Then you just want to make sure that you're not creating a space where it makes your partner feel like. I could be, yeah, like, you know, I could be anyone doing anything and it wouldn't matter. It has nothing to do with me. Don't just use me as your Don't cup of sex. Don't just use me. That's right. I'm not your cup of sex. Cup of sex. But I will be your cup of sex. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that's just fun. sometimes I like to do that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I'll, I'm going to say this really fast and then you can share your thing. Okay. I haven't touched myself in four days or come. What? Because I'm under orders. Oh, boy. <sighs> Can I just tell you how hard that's been for a few of the days? Under orders. Yeah. So I wrote this really, really, really sexy erotic story about Alex and I, and I Uh sent it to him. And like, it was hot as shit. And I told him it's going to be a three-part story. Uh So I sent the first part last week. And then we were talking on the phone a couple of days ago. And he was like, he got me really, really, really turned on and right on the edge of orgasming. And then he was like, guess what? You're going to bed like that. You're not going to come. And you actually don't get to come until you write part two for me. And I was like, but I have a really busy week. It might be like three or four days before I can write it. And he was like, "Mm, that's so sad. Oh, my God. I guess you need to write that story and then we'll talk. And so I just wrote the story this afternoon, part two, and sent it off. And tonight we're having a phone date. So I'm finally going to get to fucking come tonight. Oh, my God. You better hope he lets you. Oh, my God. Because I got really turned on writing it. Oh, Oh well, in that case, I might just defy the orders. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Yeah, and then he can just spank the living daylight out of me in Vancouver. Mm. I want a red ass. Oh my god. Yeah. Slap, slap, slap. Oh, yeah, slap oh me around. Slap that fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what, what do you want to share? Um, it was just this quick thing. The wife sent me this text message and she was like, check out this article and you might want to use it on your podcast or whatever. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just put a brief blurb about it. So it was basically in the Huffington Post because, you know, usually she's she's just like, eh, whatever with the podcast. She's like, I can't listen to you guys. <laughs> so, and um, 
So basically the uh, title is, here's what it's like to be a straight man who has sex with other men. Mm. And it was in Huffington Post Gay Voices. Mm -hmm. So it basically is about some men say their sexual activities and sexual identities don't have to align. And after reading the the little brief article and then listening to the little half hour podcast, I was like, well, you know what? That's kind of like a lot of what we talk about. Basically, it was hosted by, oh, I'm sorry, (laughs) Karina Kaladni and Noah Michelson, Mm -hmm. and they speak to a doctoral candidate, Chelsea Reynolds. And it's basically, it it was centered around two people, one guy who he enjoys having relationships with women, Mm -hmm. and, but he doesn't mind having sex with gay men. Yeah. And he receives oral, um, and... I think that's the only thing I picked up was that he, and he's like, well, you know, hey, if they want to give it, I'll take it. But he identifies as a straight man. Yeah. And then there was the other boy on the, on the podcast who was like 20, but then his made total sense too, because he had to like, went to this Christian school or whatever, Mm -hmm. and he had to sign this thing that saying they wouldn't do anything sinful. And that Mm -hmm. was like gay acts of gay sex. So I'm like, of course, well, that makes sense. Of course you would align yourself as straight. Yeah. But maybe truly deep down you're a homosexual and mm-hmm. you just can't be telling anybody. Mm-hmm. Then it went on to talk about how other people have to stay in their straight world because they're like CEOs of companies or something. But I'm like, well, there's like nothing really new here in what was being discussed in this article because yeah. it's it's like to me who's been deep in this whole sex world – yeah. It's like, duh, that's, you know, what everyone's been doing. They like to do that. And then why not? And I don't think, you know, and I guess it, it's, they called it like the post-homosexual revolution type mm-hmm. of thing. That at this point, you no longer really need to identify yeah. or you can choose to <clears throat> identify straight, but you like to have sex with whoever. Mm-hmm. And if it is of the complete opposite sex, then so be it, mm-hmm. you know, or the um, the same sex. Yeah. You're normally straight. But then you want to have, mm-hmm. you know, homo sex. And I'm like, whatever, that's fine. Like, so yeah. people like to go play out beyond their spectrum of the norm, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm down with that. And I was just like, well, you know, I didn't find it to be all that big of a deal or whatever. Yeah. But it just seems so scandalous when you say straight men who right. identify straight yep. have sneaky little. And then it, and, the, and she, the, the doctoral woman there said the same thing too. It's almost like down low brothers mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? Who yep. you live in your straight world because it would mm-hmm. never be accepted. Right. That every now and then you like to go get your dick sucked. And I'm yep. like, yeah, There's I get it. There's a whole section of Craigslist that's just it. for straight men seeking that's straight men. That's what they were talking about. Yep. It was all in, <clears throat> in cruising the Craigslist ads because yep. that's where they go to find yeah. the people that they want was to this do this with. Jane Ward? Jane Ward, who the the, uh, the Chelsea, the doctor, the doc. Oh, the article. <clears throat> the article was done by let me see by Noah uh, Noah Michelson. Okay, so Jane Ward wrote a book that came out this summer called "Not Gay: Straight or Sex Between Straight White mm-hmm. Men." And Jane Ward was actually on Tristan Taramino's podcast, Sex Out Loud, to talk about this book. And it was a fascinating discussion of basically the same thing. She Mm -hmm. went through all the Craigslist ads and did some interviews. And there's this whole subculture of straight dudes who are seeking other straight dudes. They don't want to. And, like, even the ads are like, don't want any of that gay shit. Yeah. But they want uh, some other straight dude to suck them off or to, you know 
they want to find somebody to stick so that they can stick it up their ass. And but I they're get, not gay. I mean, I get that. And yeah. in fact, I met, I ran into an old high school friend who went on to tell me this story about one of his little escapades when he was in the Air Force. But before I get to that little story about where I was like, I quote unquote was molested this past weekend, the the Huffington Post article went on to a link that said 12 other lesser known sexual identities. Mm-hmm. Uh, identities identities <laughs> identities and you may or you've probably heard of all these but if you've even heard of the last one i'm going to be like totally like what the fuck like is this <laughs> even real okay so we've talked about asexual mm-hmm. aromantic yep gray sexual yep okay that's new to me i was like what it's on okay. the ace scale okay and then demisexuals we've talked about mm-hmm. demi romantic i can get mm-hmm. all that lithromantic um, a person who experiences romantic love but does not want their feelings to be reciprocated. Huh. Um, may or may not be okay with re- romantic relationships. And then pansexual, yep. polysexual, panromantic. Yeah. Person who is romantical but not sexually attracted to the Lots others. Of different, right. Okay. And then there's scoliosexual. Refers to sexual attraction to non-binary identified individuals hmm. and those who do not identify as cisgender. And this this makes me think of who's Pat. Yeah, remember because mm-hmm. you you could never tell who was what on right. that SNL skit. Yeah. Um, and then queer platonic relationships, uh-huh. and then number twelve zucchini. I've never heard of zucchini. Oh my god. The name for a partner who is involved in a queer, queer platonic relationship, as in, he's my zucchini. And uh-huh. I'm like, what the fuck? That's Is that a really real fucking thing? I don't know. I'd have to do some research in oh my, my communities. Yeah, I've never heard of that. I'm like, he's my fucking zucchini. <laughs> I'm like, what? That definitely brings to mind something else. Queer platonic relationships are romantic in nature. Where you would put a zucchini. Yeah. Relationships that are not romantic in nature, but they involve very close emotional connections Hmm. that are often deeper or more intense than what is traditionally considered a friendship. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that might be like, you know, what my wife had with her toy friend. Right. Who she didn't really want to have it sexual, Mm -hmm. but she was like intense. She wanted that intensity. Right. Yeah. So that's... Queer platonic relationship. Interesting. Anyway. That's cool. Yeah. So then this whole straight, wanting gay, not really yeah. identified as gay. I want to talk about that a little bit more. Okay. That one? That yeah. particular topic? Yeah. We went to, my high school has this little reunion every year, like mm-hmm. post, right before Thanksgiving at a local bar. Many classes come back together. So I went out and met a lot of people that we you generally don't see every day. Mm-hmm. And this guy, oh my god, he just wanted to get with me so bad. <laughs> Girl. I was like, Did what? you tell him there's a fucking line? I pretty much said there's a line in this ring I'm wearing. He's like, oh, where's your wife? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, she was here, but she went home. And he was like, I feel like we had this missed opportunity in high school. And girl, I could just, mm, like, it was all night, all night. He just was like, "Mm," wanted to, I mean, wow, intense. Huh. He's like, "Mm." and then he started getting graphic and he's like, I can make girls squirt and all this. And I don't even care that you're gay. And, and, um, like 
mm, it is my, it's, it's just my dream. Like, oh, we could have done it in high school. He's like, oh, let's just, you know. Yeah. I and mean, it was just like nonstop. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. At all. But then I was like, no, I'm so not into it right yeah. now because it was just not a good day for me. Yeah. And I was just like, no, I don't feel sexy. I don't even want you. I just, also feel like when someone comes on that strong, yeah. it comes across mm-hmm. as almost desperate. And my wife will also tell you that. I don't like being chased. Yeah. If you chase me, yeah. I'm totally turned off. Yeah. You I, want the chase. I need the chase. Yeah. Even if you don't return, <laughs> I'm like, I just don't want the fucking chase. Right. If you make it too easy for me, no, it's, it's not, not fun, fun mm-hmm. at all. You know, I wasn't in a right mind space and I was like, you're coming on way too easily. Yeah. Like, what's the fun of that? Because because mm-hmm. at that point, it's just like, all right, let's just go fuck. And then just, you know what I mean? Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Like, ooh, where was the buildup? You right. Know, I had no buildup. The anticipation build up. Yeah. is so much the hot Yeah. And he, and he was talking to me and, um, and you know, and I had a, cu- had a couple drinks in me. And we were chit-chatting, and at some point, he decided to reveal to me this story about when he was in the Air Force, and mm-hmm. he ah. was with the gay boy, Yep. and he was telling me, he was like, he goes, I don't have a problem with your sexuality, and blah, 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 this and that, and then he told me the story about the gay boy, and he's like, how he let him suck himself off, but he goes, but I would never consider myself gay. He goes, but who am I to say that, no, if you want to suck my dick, then I'm going to let you <laughs> suck my dick, whatever. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. So, so that's yeah. really interesting because uh, when I heard, and that ties directly in the, with this, when I heard Jane Ward on Tristan's podcast talking about her book, Not Gay, mm-hmm. she talked about how she looked at this, there's this whole culture within our society that accepts male on male sexual encounters as long as they're not labeled sexual encounters. So she was talking about how... If you dig really deep into fraternity and military hazing rituals, mm-hmm. they frequently require men to grab others, each other's penises, to stick fingers mm-hmm. in their fellow members' anuses, mm. to use their mouths on each other. They're frequently highly sexual, naked, humiliating, and it's always men on men. Interesting. And yet it's not seen as a gay encounter or sexual encounter. It's labeled something else. Uh-huh. It's labeled a hazing ritual or, you know, sometimes of fraternity ritual or some type of like acceptance ritual Mm -hmm. to be part of the crowd and how that is acceptable touch between straight men, Mm -hmm. but it can't be labeled a certain Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. or it's highly rejected. And then, you know, there's this like long history of straight men frequenting public restrooms for sexual encounters with Mm. other men. Mm -hmm. And then she started digging into Craigslist and how there's this really unique space now. And it's specifically straight white men Mm -hmm. who are seeking other straight white men. And it was just this fascinating conversation around, you know, girls can kiss other girls and still be straight. Right. But men can't kiss other men in our society because of this really toxic masculinity myth Mm -hmm. and how, you know, you can have sex with other men and still Mm -hmm. be straight. Right. Because one, you get to decide your identity and two, you know, just because you have sex with somebody of a certain gender doesn't mean that's ultimately who you're truly attracted to or, And I I actually have this friend um, who's on the West Coast, and I met him through some kinky communities. And he identifies as straight. He's poly. 
He's mm-hmm. older, he's in his 50s, and he's been kinky for decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, all of his partners over the years have all been women, cis mm-hmm. women. Um, but there's this thing that he goes to once a year where it's this big kink event, and when he's there, he does the hook pulls through his skin. Oh. And uh, the first time that he did it, he was really struggling with the pain and with, like, surrendering to the hooks through his skin. Mm -hmm. And this man, this other man came up to him and, like, grabbed the hooks and started, like, pulling on them and staying with him through the experience. And they ended up having this really intense moment of, like, intimacy and pain Mm. and shared whatever. And they kissed. And afterwards, they ended up having sex. And my friend said... In no way does that make me gay. Mm -hmm. I am a straight man that occasionally has sex with other men. Mm -hmm. And he said it's become this annual ritual where Mm. every year he sees this guy. They end up doing this really intense kind of pain scene. Mm -hmm. And then they usually end up having some version of sex together. That's hot, yeah. Yeah, which is really hot. Mm -hmm. You know, and he's like, and he's written about it uh, on his blog. And, you know, he's talked about how he's very, very clear about the fact that he is a straight, white, older mm-hmm. man, and that he does not in any way want to take on a queer identity mm-hmm. because that takes away from the people who right. are truly in that identity and struggling, and he wants to really respect the fact that he does have all of this privilege, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he gets to have this really hot sexual experience that happens mm-hmm. to be with another man, and that yeah. doesn't define him. Right. And I just think that that's like... The first time I ever read his essay, it was maybe like two years ago... Um, two, two and a half years ago. And I remember just feeling, first of all, holy shit, that's really hot. Mm-hmm. And second of all, what made it hot was how open and confident he was in his own sexual experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't like trying to downplay that he has sex with this guy. He wasn't trying to call it something else. He wasn't trying to, you know, blame it on mm-hmm. something else. He was just like, no. I mean, the title of the article is I'm a straight guy who sometimes has sex with men. Mm-hmm. And like that to me is so attractive, mm-hmm. you know, to just be right. like, I know I'm just that comfortable right, right, with right. myself. And just because I have sex with a dude doesn't mean squat. Right, right, right. You know, and so I think that it's really important that we're having these conversations because, and I think that there's still so much homophobia in the world that there are certain folks out there who are gay, oh, yeah. but they stick with their straight identity because of the privilege that affords them right. and the fear of being ostracized Mm -hmm. but we're so rigid around that Mm -hmm. you know like we don't give specifically straight cis men Mm -hmm. the opportunity to have any fluidity in their sexuality without labeling them and you know that that is one one space where at least cis women specifically have a lot more freedom freedom totally So I think it's a fascinating conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, at some point, I'd love to have Jane Ward on the show because I think straight it would be so men fun. Who have gay sex, uh-huh, but are still straight. Is that like Juice for Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and I'd love to know, like, if any of our listeners are uh, are listening, if you identify as a straight white man. Yeah. And you've had sex with other men, but you don't mm-hmm. identify as gay. You identify as straight. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd love to hear those like stories. We had, 
You know, I think if you, it, and it all depends on the little circle of friends that you hang out with, you know, mm-hmm. like I, you know, everyone knows that it's very comforting and easy to be whoever you want to be at the little house gatherings that we have. Yeah. And um, when you start having those open conversations with your straight cis men, you soon learn to f- find out their little secrets about mm-hmm. what they're willing to do and not willing to do and what they've already done. And you're like, what? Yeah. You know? So it is, um, it's interesting and I love it. And it just, it's hot mm-hmm. to me. So I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, good on you. I also think that like we have this tendency to cling to labels to the mm-hmm. point of detriment. And yeah. I've been, I've done oh, that, yeah. you know, I mean like, I mean like what are the, these 12 things that I just yeah. read about what I, different types of identities. And I was like, at, at what point is it like identity overload and mm-hmm. you can just be? Yeah, right. By labeling yourself, then you can find community and safety yeah. and acceptance. People who are like you, which is mm-hmm. really comforting, especially if the people that you're around don't accept that mm-hmm. element, that side of you. Yeah. But actually, I just interviewed Meg John Barker, which was one of the best interviews I've ever done in my life. And it's for this summit that I'm putting on. And, and Meg John was talking about how crabs have this tendency if you put a whole bunch of crabs in a bucket if Mm -hmm. one crab starts to crawl out the other crabs pull it back into the bucket Mm. and that's kind of how we do identity so Mm. you know if there's a whole bunch of like poly people clustered together in the poly bucket if Mm -hmm. someone starts to try and climb out of the poly bucket because they don't identify that way anymore Mm -hmm. all the poly people try and pull them back into the bucket no you have to stay with this identity it's the best Mm. identity we're the best community you know and straight people do that and you know so there's all these different like identity buckets but being outside of a bucket's really dangerous for crabs Mm -hmm. Because you have no solidarity, you have no support. And it was this fascinating conversation. But, like, I was in lesbian and trans relationships for Mm -hmm. 12 years, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I was was in a lesbian relationship for three and then, you know, kind of dated. And then I was in a relationship with somebody who's trans for seven. And my identity really became being this queer person. Yeah. And when I started realizing I kind of want to have sex with guys... Mm -hmm. I felt like my world was crumbling mm-hmm. and it was really distressing, mm-hmm. you know, and I think like, that's oh another God, way. Oh my God, who do I identify right. with? Right. Like, am I going to lose my community? Or like, am what I have not... I been doing for the past 10 years? Right. Is that real? Not real. Exactly. You know, or... Right. And yeah, so, you know, it, it took time for me to realize like, that doesn't erase my identity. It doesn't erase right. my experiences. And no, because I have amazing friends, they're not mm-hmm. going to just like up and run screaming right. if I end up with a guy. But, you know, sometimes I think we just cling too tightly to the straight label or mm-hmm. to the gay label or to the queer label or whatever label it is mm-hmm. that we don't allow for new experiences. Right. You know, and there's so much freedom totally. in like trying new things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. you know, just because you try something doesn't mean like... If you, all you've done is sleep, so let's say you're a cis guy, and all you've done is sleep with women, cis women, your whole life, Mm -hmm. and then you decide at one point, like, hey, I'm going to try having sex with a trans dude. Mm -hmm. That does not make you gay, and it does not erase your identity up to that point. It's just you trying something, and then you get to decide afterwards, like, oh, I want way more of that. Mm -hmm. Or, "Hmm, probably not for me, I'm going to go back to cis women, or whatever it is that your identity is, you know, so it's like... Yeah, it just doesn't erase mm-hmm. everything that you've been and done unless you want it to. Right. You know, right. unless you're like, oh, I've this been lying me. to myself. Yeah. This is me. Mm-hmm. You know, which is also really liberating. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. really interesting. I'd love for you to send me links to those so I can put them up on the website. This article? I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to send you a text message. Okay. I have to remove that off the door, too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Baby girl Puppy's is... trying to escape the studio. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think that's it for our episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was some good stuff. So, yeah, we just want to send our love out to Stoya and to any and all victims of any kind of sexual assault or sexual trauma. That's such a hard place to be, and it takes such courage to speak up around that stuff. And we want to hear from any of our listeners who identify as straight dudes who maybe have had sex or do have sex with other dudes, because yeah. I think that would be super cool to hear about. Super hot. Yeah. Super, super hot. Seriously. Alex sent me a porn the other day of these mm-hmm. two beautiful gay boys having mm-hmm. sex, and I was like, I'll watch this for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it mm-hmm. was amazing. But anyway, so we want to thank everybody for listening and for our record-breaking November, because that was amazing. We just want to keep breaking records as we move forward. Yes. We hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, if you want to reach us, you can go to sexgetsreal.com. You can submit a contact form to us anonymously or leave your name and email address. You can also check out our show notes from this episode if you want to read any of the articles or check out any of the links that we mentioned. And you can call or text us at 747-444-1840. So that's it. Boom. Boom. This is Dawn. And this is Dylan. And I'm going to go have some orgasms. Oh my God, you are. Yeah. Have fun with that. Okay.